Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Objective, the show where we talk about kind of uh, various topics and try to approach it from a philosophical perspective. We are students of objectivism, and uh, we don't speak in its name, in the name of the philosophy, but we are students. So we do speak as students who are curious and somewhat informed. You know, yesterday uh, we talked about the Manosphere, the Red Pill movement, men's rights activists, and all of that. I thought we gave a pretty uh, fair uh, look at, at the entire thing. And uh, some people thought that we were betas, that we were a little bit on the, uh, you know, soft, soft side, that, we're, that we are betas. We're blue-pilled betas. And phew, listen... Let, let not your heart be troubled. Today's episode is going to put all of your matters to, to all of your concerns to rest because we are going to be uh, looking at Donald Trump and uh, offering some opinions of the way that he behaves. So uh, I have a feeling you're, you're absolutely going to love this. What is the deal with Trump? His type of language, his temperament. I remember when he was running for office, people said, I don't think he has the temperament to be president. When you actually step back and look at it, we've got a guy who uh, treats the whole thing like a joke. And I know what you're gonna say, the left this, the left that. Look, uh, nobody's arguing I'm with that. I'm not arguing with that. I don't think we're arguing with that. But seriously, when, when Trump tweeted out a video, remember that video where it shows him getting reelected in 2020, and then again in 2024, and then again in 2028, it's like this really cool video that just kind of shows as the, as the years uh, pass by in increments of four, he's reelected each time all the way to like 2060 something. It was a funny video, but Jesus Christ, folks, this is the president of the United States. You know, it would be like a charity uh, CEO. And this happened uh, back in 2012, the, the invisible children, the people who, who brought the Coney 2012 meme into our lives for about 10 minutes a video surfaced of the CEO or the president or one of the big shots at that charity, really, really drunk. He was like, we got, we raised $2 million, all of which is going in our pocket. <laughs> and whether he was joking or not, obviously it sounded like a joke, but that is a bad joke for a nonprofit president to make. And why do I bring this up? Because I hate, the Invisible Children charity. Not only that, I'm bringing it up because uh, it's a really bad joke for the president to make saying I'm going to uh, maintain power well beyond two terms. It's a bad joke to make and it speaks to the general type of language and attitude that Trump conveys. Again, you could think it's funny. Guys, I mean, the presidency, the commander in chief, that is, that's the final stage. You know, that's it. Once that, once, that power, uh, once that office is uh, no longer taken seriously, bad times are ahead. But uh, believe it or not, this is not a one-man monologue show. We actually, we have another guy here who, even though he is not American, he has a lot to say about our politics and our culture. Would he like it if I went over to Greece and told them how to live their lives? I don't know. But here he is, the man, the myth, the acclaimed academic and speaker, Nikos Sotirakapoulos. Hi, everyone. Hi, Raka. So if yesterday we're better cocks, I think today we're retained this title because some of the people who consider any criticism to the manosphere as making us blue pill betas might also consider the same about Trump. So 
It's Election Tuesday, so it's one more Tuesday episode where we deal with political, uh, let's say, what's been happening in politics. And what's been happening lately is something very interesting. So The Atlantic comes up with uh, some major news, supposedly, that Trump said something that, like, uh, I don't want to go to this military cemetery because your people, it's, it's losers there. And this brings back his comments on John McCain, so McCain was captured, POW of the Viet Congs, and Trump said, I prefer those who did not get caught. And, the, and of course, Trump says, I never said that. And there are many people in the military who believe him, and that's his point, says, military loves, loves me. The thing is, Trump has done so many weird things that it, would, it wouldn't surprise anyone that if he had actually said that. But at the same time, the media has been so dishonest and so beyond the journalistic standards with Trump that, again, we wouldn't be surprised if they made this up or if they changed this. So I want to read to you to, to, main, to, to tell you two things that support both sides. So Trump said around 2016 or uh, to, before the previous election, he said, I could shoot someone in the street and people would still vote for me, which was true. And at the same time, here's what he had against. Now, this was a tweet by Huffington Post, which I think it should live in perpetuity as an example of bad journalism. Quote, a tape might exist of Trump doing something in an elevator. Though exactly where that somewhere is and what that something might be, no one in media say. That's because no one in media seems to have seen the tape or is even confident if it exists. Now, I had to double check, Google it again, go to the source, because I, I said that can't be the case. So we have this game. On the one hand, we have the media who, when it comes to Trump, but not only to Trump, do you remember the famous Kathy Newman, Jordan Peterson interview? The oh, are you saying? saying? Yes, yes. So again, you have journalists not being afraid to throw out of the window any principle of their profession and not being afraid even to compromise their standards so as to, to, to virtue signal that we're the good guys. And this is what happens all the time. And at the same, at the same time then, Trump has the moral, gets the moral legitimization with a question mark to get away literally with murder, figuratively with murder, with murder as he says. So could we say that one is worse than the other or the one is the creation of the other? But no matter what of the two is the case, I think this works in favor of Trump, that every time something big comes related to Trump, even if someone has videotaped him, He's going to say it's a crooked media and nothing stinks. So in a way, he's, I don't remember who coined the term, like a tefal, nothing sticks on him. Do you think yeah. he can pull it off for a second consecutive election, though? I mean, whether he can pull it off, I don't know. It, nothing surprises me anymore. But, um, you know, you've, you've pro have you seen the movie Idiocracy? Are you familiar no. with that? Oh, you got to see. It's Mike Judge. He created Beavis and Butthead and the movie Office Space. He's, uh, he's quite a... Quite a you know, he's a, he's a talented man, Mike Judge. Now, in his movie, um, somebody time travels to the future, and the future is a complete mess. Everybody's really, really stupid. Now, it, you have to suspend your disbelief. 
it's like the, the, the culture depicted could not sustain itself if everyone was that dumb. So he, Mike Judge doesn't quite understand the role that, of like some people being smart and using their mind in order for a civilization to function. Also, Mike Judge stresses the genetic component. Ooh, I don't know about this, Mike. I don't know about this. He's, uh, he's basically showing that smart, educated people, they plan out their breeding plan and they maybe have one kid you know, in their 40s. Meanwhile, the um, you know, stupid hillbillies just have kid after kid. And that's how the world gets stupid. Obviously, uh, I see it more as a philosophical journey that makes us stupid rather than genetic. You can give me the dumbest you know, chimpanzees with, with some conceptual capacity, with a good philosophy, versus the brightest, most gifted children, but give them nothing but um, disintegrating primitive philosophy. And I think the former group would do better. Where am I going with all of this? The movie Idiocracy shows us a future where like everything's a TV show, everything's a game show. The president is a wrestling star, President Camacho Alizondo. Incidentally, the, um, uh, who's the guy, the, the, uh, the, the black gentleman who got in trouble for saying like, we don't want, he tweeted like, we don't want uh, bl like black power to turn into black supremacy or something like that. We don't want to fight white supremacy with black supremacy. He said something like that and he came under attack. I forget his name, but he's, uh, he's a very benevolent uh, gentleman. Um, you know, he plays the president in this sort of semi-dystopian future. It's like fun and there's great food everywhere, but everyone's fat, everyone's stupid and incoherent and it's all falling apart. <sighs> And it's coming, it's coming true, you know, when we have a president. Now, I hate to just parrot the talking points that, you know, the uh, Hollywood establishment leftists have been telling us for the last few years. Oh, we're living in the movie Idiocracy, they say. And it's, it's coming from a place of pretension. But, uh, of course, you can, you can tell I bring some more context. I can tell you why we're going into Idiocracy. It's not just because our, uh, our president is an entertainer who uh, is riling up the masses, but it's because he is the embodiment of the age of pragmatism. He is, if you took the American public schools and took an American public school, put it into a uh, uh, anthropo anthropomorphizing machine, and it came, it delivered you a person. See, see what an imagination I have. If you took a literal public school and put it through a machine that turns it into a human being, you would have Donald Trump, even though I'm sure he would say, I went to the best schools. I got the best grades. Every of my teachers said, your grades are too high for us. Can you please get lower grades? Even though he probably went to fine schools, he represents the age of pragmatism, the age of thinking that principles are for cucks. Principles are for betas that principles are you know, silly and they have nothing to do with reality. But in fact, when all, when without principles, all you can really turn to are emotions or the group or the voice of the group, which in this case is Donald Trump. He is sort of the voice of the Americans and he knows how to you know, run a successful business. And in his world, running a business is not just running a business, it's having some friends in local government having some friends in federal government, you know, uh, cutting a deal, negotiating, negotiating this, negotiating that to him. Everything's up for negotiation. So he's going to run this country like a business. I think it's a terrible thing when people say that America should be run like a business. No, America should not be treated like a business. <laughs> I mean, the American government should be here to protect the rights of Americans individually. That's it. Um, so when we have a president who is um, 
not only a very modern businessman, so a businessman who takes for granted rubbing elbows with politicians and cutting deals and negotiating everything, who not only has that attitude towards business, but also sees the uh, role of a politician to do things similar to that. But not only all that, but also he's an entertainer and a marketing guy that loves branding, loves doing TV shows where he has a boardroom full of celebrities and successful people sitting in front of him, begging him not to fire them. When we have that kind of person in charge and that guy then loves Twitter, he loves getting on Twitter and just riling up people, saying things that he knows will piss off people. Look, you know, as an entertainer, I believe he and I are cut from the same cloth, but there is a time and place. There is a time and place. I am not, if I was ever uh, unfortunate enough to be in politics, I would treat it with the utmost of reverence. I would not enter the Oval Office and treat it like a joke and tweet about how I'm gonna stay in office until I'm 150. I would not, um, you know, like some of the examples you listed, I just would not treat it like a joke. And I would not, most importantly, I would not treat reality as if it's a joke, as if it's all up for debate, as if any, any unpleasant facts are just the uh, result of the crooked media and lying Hillary. I think we need to be very cautious, guys. I like to always ask, and everyone should bring up this point. Imagine, take out Trump, replace him with Bernie or Obama or a Democrat. And how would you feel if Obama, as, as sort of radical as Obama's um, rhetoric was when he was running, running from the perspective of some, um, imagine if Obama's attitude was just this, whatever I say goes, I'm the, I'm the president, you know? I mean, he, Obama definitely has, has some, had some faults in that department. He, he made some statements like that, but he was a, um, compared to Trump, Obama was a, um, a, a poster child of respect for the office compared to this lunatic. Wow, now that I've alienated the entire audience, let me pass back over to the, uh, the, the MAGA supporter and Trump enthusiast, Nikos. What do you got? Okay, so I'll leave aside my cock hat for a while and I'll put my libertarian hat to play devil's advocate. So here's the advocacy. Trump is the first one who did not start an unnecessary war. And actually now he's going after the military. So as a, a common friend of us said, he's outflagging the Democrats from the left. So he said, quote, uh, they, he talked about some high ranking uh, people in the military. They do nothing but fight wars. They, they want to do nothing but fight work. So all of those wonderful companies that make the bombs and make the planes and make everything else stay happy. Number one. So shouldn't we give th Trump the thumbs up because we're also in favor of an American first isol quote, isolation or however it's called, American interest first principle. So he's against the neocons. So we should be against the neocons because of their uh, altruistic wars. Therefore, shouldn't we give thumbs up? And the second point, again, with my libertarian hat, Trump is making a joke of the political establishment. And the political establishment should be made a joke of because they're people who put us in lockdowns, give us the income tax, take away our rights. They are crooks. They are uh, whatever, you know, I'm taking now the hope uh, line. Okay, so why isn't Trump good news if Trump is taking away the mask and is showing us the emperor has no clothes because the emperor had no clothes for a, for a long time, but now we can see. So no one is now going to take seriously someone who says uh, American people, uh, you know. So isn't it good? 
I mean, if we were if we were smart enough to know what to do next, I would say this is an excellent lesson. But it's not. I mean, uh, Amer people are excitedly uh, supportive of Trump and planning to vote for him again. And the next the next uh, Democrat who gets in office may also be a, a uh, loudmouth populist who treats a uh, rule of law like a joke in his rhetoric. So, look, policy wise, I. You know, I'll, I remember uh, many years ago, there was a, another libertarian named Milo, and back when he was a free speech advocate, and he said, and he was obviously very uh, uh, supportive of Trump when Trump was running, and he said, policy doesn't matter. He said, policy doesn't matter. It's about uh, po fighting political correctness. That was the hill to die on, he, the way he saw it. And I say, no, there's things even more important than poning the left and showing and the look on Hillary's face when she loses. No, there's rule of law. There's respect for the fact that we do not live under rule of men. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, someone could say, well, it's been this way already. And now Trump is just showing it. But he is showing it and people are on board with it. They're, they like the fact that Trump is uh, is is behaving this way. They love the fact. And you see a rising, rising um voice on the right, on the non-left, you see a rising voice on the right of people that have no, no positive view of the founding principles at all. I mean, this is, uh, you know, the age of the founding fathers is finally ending, I'm, I'm sorry to say. We are now looking at a, at, a, at a possible, very possible near future where we have Democrats and Republicans each running against the founding principles of this country explicitly, not even paying lip service to the rights of the individual in any meaningful sense. Now that's so difficult to decide where I stand. So because for example, in Greece, no, let me start differently. So in the United States, the position of the president and what the constitution and all that stuff symbolizes is very important and is not made fun of. So if you remember in Atlas Shrugged, when the central planners are in that room, James Taggart watched sees the Washington obelisk and it annoys him. He can't see, they, they close the curtains. So it's, it's this legacy that is basically telling him what you guys are doing, you're crooks, you're criminals. And Rand doesn't call Mr. Thompson the president. She calls him the head of state because he considered that this title is too important to be ridiculed. Now, for example, in Greece, I don't know if we have such a tradition. So. In Greece, people who are, let's say, philosophical or whatever, radicals, we see the delegitimization of the political class as an important step. But it's what you said. What comes next? Because, for example, when we got the center-left delegitimized, the, quote, radical left came, and it was not good. And when they got delegitimized, we had the center-right, quote, liberals, who are central planners that you could take them and plan them to the central committee of a communist party running a country, as long as they run it in a technocratic way, they would be great statesmen, knowing how to, when to impose a lockdown to whom. So on the one hand, yes, the, I think we need to unveil the mask of the political class and it's kind of the, the BS they've been selling. But you have to be very careful about what comes next. And if this leads to a nihilism, then you can see monsters rising out of this, uh, out of this, uh, out of this void. So I would say to our libertarian friends or not friends, uh, keep this in mind. And coming from a country that has seen the political system collapse, 
and not even completely, like imagine Lebanon or other countries, it doesn't look good. Atlas Shrugged Part 3 is not a cool scenario unless there's this revolutionary movement that I cannot name because I'm going to give a big spoiler. Anyway, that's enough uh, for... I guess, have you got any parting words on any Yeah, of uh, first of all, yes, this is bad. This is really bad. We're in bad shape when we have... Uh, the, the political system is just nakedly uh, ridiculous with no... Uh, with no um, reverence whatsoever to any principles it's going to be a, just an open uh naked lobby system looking ahead where just there's no such a thing as respect for rights uh like that is free, uh, speech and property there it, that's what we're looking at it's just gonna be nothing but i'll give you this oh i'll give you this oh i'll give you this just each politician promising stuff i mean it's already been that way for 100 years but uh, it's going to get worse it's going to get worse with the baiting you know uh biden famously told a black audience. These Republicans are going to put y'all back in chains, he told them. So, I, of course, someone could say, see, Trump is just bringing more of that. Okay, but it's going to get worse. You're going to have, you know, President Tucker Carlson say, telling the, <laughs> the, the truckers, you know, these Jews are going to, you know, take away your truck. And then we don't know. If Wait, Tucker, no, he hasn't said anything. Okay, about he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't. I'm just, yeah. I'm giving, I'm giving you a, a hyperbolic example. Okay. A couple closing, uh, and, and but well, but the solution solution is overturn altruism and this orgy of altruism, and understand that egoism is indispensable for all of this. If the American individual does not see his life as an end in itself, then politics will never come to reflect that principle, and it's only going to get worse. So read Atlas Shrugged, everybody, and take it seriously. Understand the fate of the world is in your hands. Uh, by the way, it was Terry Crews the actor who played President Camacho, and your fellow Greek intellectual, uh, George Gagantapoulos in the chat room or the comments says, says Mike Judge might have been saying it's bad parenting, like chaotic households and just trashy households that produce these idiots, not necessarily genetics. So thank you for that point. And I take back the uh, hinting I did, the, the Im implication that Mike Judge was coming from a, a place of genetic determinism or anything like that. See, guys, I'm sensitive to that because of the times we live in, because it's getting nasty out there. I haven't watched the film, so I cannot comment. But the, the last point we said was very important. If you want to see the political class re ridiculed, just realize what your life requires and what they are doing and how these two are in disharmony. So that should give you all you need to be in uh, in uh, in a philosophical revolution uh, mode. Anyway, and, uh, can I just say uh, I yeah. don't we, know we we've gone so many episodes without really alluding to the comments section, but now that I just opened that can of worms, let me respond to Stephanie in the comments. She says, "Never another Democrat in office!" with an exclamation point. And all I can really say is, who needs Democrats when you have Trump? Who needs <sighs> Democrats when you have what comes after Trump on on the Republican ticket? Ooh, ooh, I know. Truth hurts. Mm -hmm. I know it's 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 hard, but uh, you know, your 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 Greek, your you Greeks have had to face some some harsh truths in the past. I've seen you guys burn <laughs> down the city uh, because they were cutting off your benefits. You know that the vo the people are volatile, so you, we need to be principled and understand what we're dealing with. Okay, okay. Well, that's a that's a big discussion, which we're gonna have at some other point because our time is up, like Mr. Thompson's time in Atlas Rock. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.